Welcome to Tales from the Green Room, backstage conversations from popular music venues around the country, curated by Mount Tam Media. Listen in as hosts Dennis Trusulo and Mount Tam Media founder Tammy Larson dig up conversations with artists before and after shows in the exclusive confines of the Green Room. All right, here we are again. Hello. And now we get to introduce the uh, part two of three of the Grateful Guitars podcasts on Tales from the Green Room. Yes, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> You're so agreeable. <laughs> I have been lately. I tell you. So enjoy. <laughs> yeah, enjoy. And that's it. Just that's listen it. and figure it out for yourself, people. So, uh, as we teased or said in the episode one with Andy Logan, uh, we did that in anticipation of attending the Grateful Guitars Benefit, and uh, we got ourselves embedded into the green room of sorts. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You can always check out our website for all of these wonderful photos. But no, these, these were great because they didn't have any room. There were so many musicians playing at this benefit, and they were incredible, by the way, which we'll talk about. And we will, we talked too, but they found this room in the storage room next to the green room, which was very interesting. But no one hesitated to, to come in there with no, all those no, boxes of no something. One even, no one even blinked. <laughs> no. Yeah, come on in. Come on you know? in. And we just had a little table um, yeah. chairs. They made room for us, which thankfully and, and they did. shout out to Rachel Ann for uh, bringing people in there as well. That yes, was, she, she did a fantastic <laughs> But job. I mean, I got to say, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a vibe. And we were, I mean, you stepped outside and we were in the amidst all the green rooms of all these folks running around. So who we have on this episode First and foremost, the music director for this benefit, and our friend Alex Jordan. Yes, uh, Alex. Wow. And he's coming out with an album soon. He is. That's Just true. announced it. There we go. She's following Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex um, has been a good friend, but man, he's really great friends with Andy. And he must be because hurting the cats, as we discussed, of all these musicians and being the musical director mm-hmm. and being in charge of the back line. We grabbed, I'm surprised we even got him for a few minutes, but we did. And uh, it's cool. You can kind of hear how the whole benefit set up. And then as uh, Zach Nugent came by, we went and grabbed him. Yep. And Zach uh, knew us from way back the days between. Mm-hmm. And we had fun uh, talking to Zach about his, he had been, come back from the East Coast. And then standing at side stage there as uh, an MC to the event was Gary Lampert of Tales from the Golden Road from oh, Sirius wow, Radio. Oh, yeah. So many amazing stories. And Gary, and he was, you know, we met Gary probably three years ago. So uh, he's he was very happy to sit down with us and we were happy to hear him. Yeah. Uh, he just has such great insight. Um, and energy and just and love I, for this music. Yeah, it was just beautiful. Uh, who else did we grab? And then, oh, let's not forget uh, another friend of ours from the, the local scene, Danny, Danny Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Really had fun with Danny. They're going <laughs> to love his, I, I love it. Just think graham crackers. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That's, that's the hint. <laughs> and then as a little bonus, uh, we're going to toss into this episode Johnny Mojo. Oh, you said it Not right. John Congratulations. Molo, Woo! Who we've, who we've also interviewed. But Johnny Mojo, who we did visit with at the uh, Keystone Revisited when we uh, event at Sweetwater when we interviewed Andy. So yeah. we, we tossed him in there appropriately. So please enjoy this episode of uh, part two of the Grateful Guitars Tales from the Green Room episode. Straight from the storeroom. And with that, let's start it out with Alex Jordan. You oh are boy. number one on our list, aren't you? Yeah. Nine-page list now. Oh, my sure. God. Oh, no. 
You're number one, Alex, because what the fuck? You put this thing together. <laughs> tell, Amazing. Tell us how you're, well, how you're holding up and how you're able to <laughs> herd all these cats. Well, the, the weirdest thing for me, realizing that I was asked, I was asked to, if I would be music director, which is quite an honor with this cast of, of, of folks, and I'm, I'm, I'm truly honored to, uh, to attempt to do that. Leading Grateful Dead musicians is a whole other thing. But in a separate conversation, it was asked, you know, okay, do you want to do, do the back line? And uh, what that means is that Andy has his collection of instruments, and um, and Jason and Nate Bidner do too. And 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 my job was quickly to coordinate all of the equipment that we were bringing tonight, as well as make sure that all the instruments were playable. And I said yes to those two things in separate conversations, <laughs> <laughs> not thinking about that it would all be oh today. It was right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, what well, somebody wow. told us he got an email out last night. I think it was Zach, and said I was surprised he was able to do that. You know, I, you know we uh, we hit a point uh, yesterday morning. I guess is at, at a certain at a certain time of day where I was like, you know, I, there's nothing left to do other than go there. Yeah. So that was cool because that was a day early. That's yeah. Pretty damn cool. That's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. Nothing left to do but smile, smile, smile. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What are you expecting from tonight? Are you, do you have like? Well, there was a there was an element of it when I was putting the set list together where I didn't want to over engineer. I wanted to um, the the board uh, gave me a, a significant amount of guidance with regard to what songs they wanted to hear, but I had the majority of the input with regard to which musicians were playing with whom and and playing on which songs and kind of uh, what instruments they should be playing. And uh, we we all it was a conversation between all of us, but that was kind of. It started with me and then, and then went from there. But I didn't want to uh, tell the musicians what to do. And so the only guidance I gave everybody was was be prepared to go on long before you need to go up there. And uh, don't, you know, don't underplay, but don't overplay either. You know, think about yeah. the fact that it's the whole long night. Yeah. And beyond that, I nothing. I just, I, I'm, people are asking me right now, because we're right, right before the show here, like, is someone going to come get me? I'm like, no. <laughs> no one's going to get you. Just, if you're not there, yeah. someone else will play. That's right. We have backups. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just the whole idea of, of, I mean, it's not so much about taking responsibility as much as it is about the ride yeah. and, and riding the energy and, and, and having it be a little loose. And we used to do this at Terrapin Crossroads. Right. Uh-huh. And having it be a little intentionally loose, mm-hmm. I think, keeps us a little bit more on our toes. In, yeah. in, a, in a way that's going to keep us fresh and, and more in tune with the vibe with the scene and everything 100% yeah. the music 100% yeah. Yeah. are there a lot of people that have not played together oh. that's, play? that's the coolest thing is, is most everyone has not played together there's you know two three people that have played together but not no one has ever played in these combinations wow and um, I think I realized the other night we were doing an interview on, on uh, uh, KPFA. I think I realized that I'm the only person on the set list that has played with everybody. Oh, really? I, but I, I think that's true. I, I haven't I haven't found evidence of otherwise. And and I don't say that because I think I'm special so much yeah. as like holy crap. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. so. Cool. So you you got to pick the combinations though. Or, For the most part, together. yeah. It's kind of like fantasy football. I, you know, it's like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Stu Allen describes it like the All Star Game. The All Star right. Game. Yeah, same, yeah. Right? The like, same idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Very cool. cool. Well, you're the right man for the job for a lot of reasons. One, because you played with everybody, perhaps. But secondly, <laughs> you you and Andy. I mean, you and Andy are uh, yeah. uh, a couple of gearheads together. Would you say? Oh yeah, and it, yeah, <laughs> to a fault. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it that's been a fun a fun journey on this too, and is putting together these. We've got some real honest-to-goodness Grateful Dead equipment on the stage. And we have more than is on the stage. It's it's just hard to get uh, all this stuff stage ready. And, and Andy is just so generous. Yeah. You know, he has a, a speaker cabinet that's on stage tonight that was one of Jerry Garcia's. And it was used uh, quite a lot. And so to see that on the stage... And I'm sitting there, of course, working on it at Andy's house a couple days ago, getting it all tested. And I plug everything in. And I just sort of test it and move on. And then I, I don't even have a moment to process, like, oh, my gosh. Oh my wow. <laughs> this is what this is. You know? Wow. <laughs> he showed so us. Cool. We, we did a little tour of the, uh, the collection a couple oh, yeah. weeks ago. And we interviewed Andy. And you know, obviously, you're a big part of that. And, uh, he took he, you to the room? He took, oh, we, oh, yeah. So we, we actually went over there to the room. In order to, we were going to interview him. We spent three hours in the room. <laughs> we didn't get and, to interview. And, and then we ended up interviewing him later at Sweetwater a couple of days later because it was uh, so much oh fun gosh. and so yeah. much information. Yeah. But that, that what you're talking about is that amp, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few different a few different things, but we've learned there's a a, a big tall tower of a speaker cabinet. There's yeah. an amplifier that um, that has been around the scene for a while, and many of us have had a chance to use it. And uh, the, some sleuthing of a very sharp-eyed gear fan was able to identify where it came from. And this is one of the amps that Garcia had in his stack of amps in 72, 71, 73, you know, early, early 70. Uh, excuse me, I, I, I should say. Oh, um, no, no, no. This, this, particular, oh, okay. this particular amp was, was one in his stack, I, I guess, at Veneta and, um, and uh, Europe. I guess it would have been retired by 73. So that's cool. Yeah. And that's powering... You know, an amplifier, a, a Macintosh amplifier, which is powering this this the speaker cabinet that Garcia used in 1990 with with JGB. And in the mid 80s, there's some some shots of him. I forget it's a small club, and I, I can see the photo, but it's like he's like right up against the crowd. It's a tiny little stage with this huge, <laughs> unnecessarily <laughs> large, you know, speaker amp, speaker cabinet, and amplifier. It's like you know. We were admiring uh, a, a photo or a post a photo, I guess, that Andy and I both have. It's the uh, Bellinus Bakery, Greek. It's uh, the blue. It's the. Uh, 1983 Greek theater with John Chapolina. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turns out Andy and I both have that uh, I love photo, that one. And there's only like 15 of them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and we both have, but one of the uh, pieces of equipment, I think it's the cabinet, is in that picture. It's on stage, yeah. It's on stage, yeah. yeah. It's pretty so, cool. So here we are. It's pretty cool, and here we are. <laughs> here we and, are and, you know, we're checking everything and standing in front of it and, and you know, certifiably loud. You know, just <laughs> everything's awesome. just certifiably loud. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, listen, congratulations I know. in advance. Great job. This is your two minutes of uh, peace tonight right here in this right. little storeroom. <laughs> right. only, only two people are talking to me. It's great. Yeah, right? <laughs> but we want to thank you, and congrats. Yeah. We see you're going to be uh, out at the Terrapin Crossroads um, Sunshine Daydream. Yeah, coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up, and we'll be there as well doing our thing. Awesome. So uh, maybe yeah. we'll talk to you for the third time. Yeah, that'd be awesome. great. That'd be We're fun. just going to keep following you over. We're going to archive you. And we'll build oh, my gosh. Nice yeah. <laughs> well, thank, thanks, for, uh, thanks for being here, and thanks yeah. for what you guys yeah. do for the community. Yeah. And, and uh, really appreciate Absolutely. you coming out tonight. Yeah. You got it, buddy. All right. Have fun. Sorry, yeah. you got to get back to work. All right, here I go. <laughs> All right. right on. So after, that was great from Alex. So after uh, Alex uh, ran to go do his thing, we did catch up with Zach Nugent in, in an adjoining uh, storeroom slash, <laughs> uh, slash uh, green room. And he came in and uh, had this to say. Listen to uh, our visit with Zach Nugent. Hello, Zach. Hey, guys. Welcome. 
Thanks so much well, for having me. So let's see. You're on. Yeah, we are on. Right on. Uh, so I saw you, I think it was like two weeks ago, uh, the Giants game. Yeah, so not even. I feel like it was like two months ago, but I, in reality it was like 10 days ago. It was 10 days. I oh, think man. so. Because I know since then you've gone back to back east. Yep, I was back east. I played shows. Uh, I don't know where I was last. Oh, I was in uh, New Hampshire and Connecticut last weekend. And then two days ago, I was in Philadelphia. And last night, I was in Brunswick, Maine. And now we're here. And, wow. and here, ladies and gentlemen, is at the Great American Music Hall. Right. San Francisco, California. Not close to the state of Maine. Not close. Not close at all. Not even kind of. Uh, <laughs> I guess I could have gone to like LA and gone a little further. Yeah. But, but that's about it. You look a, uh, refreshed. And, I feel good. Uh, yeah. I got spoiled today. I got to go to the, to the hotel before coming here. All right. Oh, awesome. nice. Which is unusual. All so right. Well, I, I, I want to ask you something before we get into So we're at the, uh, everybody knows by now, by the time they hear this, we're at Andy Logan's Grateful Guitars Benefit. Yep. We're going to talk about the guitars. We're going to talk about Andy. But uh, it just reminded me, you got to sing the national anthem at the San Francisco Giants game. Crazy. Wow. I know. Wild. I didn't know that. I mean, Is I, that I, in the notes? <laughs> I sing a lot with my band, you know, like just by default. But I don't think of myself as like a singer. Right. You know, I think I'm, I feel like I'm a guitar player. And so I never thought I'd be singing national anthem at a How did that game. come about? Sunshine um, got asked to do it. Yeah. And uh, she and I have been talking about doing it for years. We almost did it at a Giants game in like 2018 or something. And uh-huh. something fell through. I had to head back home. Or for some reason, we didn't do it. And so we've joked about it or, you know, semi-joked about it since. And she said, hey, we're doing, I'm doing the anthem. So we're doing the anthem. Let's do it. That's so cool. That's well, so that cool. It. Well, you're being modest about your voice because you have a... Yeah, a I've heard you sing. I mean, you're a badass guitar player. <laughs> Thank you. It's well, funny. I get the voice thing all the time, but I grew up being a guitarist and I, I had to sing by default, you know, so... Yeah. Um, I get I get voice compliments a lot, but uh, I would say like, hey, what about my guitar playing? You know, it's funny the way that works out. Well, that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. No, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Worst okay. things have happened. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I saw um, Bob Weir, Vince Wilnick, and Jerry Garcia sing mm-hmm. the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Not at that same spot. Obviously, right. it was at Candlestick in 1993. So cool. And I thought, man, how cool is this that uh, Zach is doing this? Wild, so, man. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Ever sing a national anthem at any event? No, I don't think so. That's crazy. <laughs> nope. I mean, right? I mean, that, yeah. that, that is like, that's super cool. I don't think that's I a fun fact, it. you know, whatever you do in your life. Yeah. You know, now that, that's going to be the good. fun That fact. was my social yeah. media post. I just yeah. posted a picture of it with a, a check mark emoji. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Once again, nothing about your guitar playing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but let, let's talk about that because um, Andy Logan has been so generous with mm. uh, his guitars. Mm-hmm. When, when did you meet Andy and how, did you know who he was when you got introduced to him? No, it's funny. You know, I get um, a lot of messages and my social media and, you know, I, I'm in contact with a lot of people. It's just, you know, being a musician is a super social lifestyle. And so sure. it's hard to get back to everybody. And sometimes, you know, I, I feel bad about it, but I, I am not able to get back to all the messages I get. And um, Andy's message sat in my inbox for a while. And I think I saw it on a flight or something and meant to get back and never did and then I realized six months later um, I was like oh this guy's trying to like hang out and, and talk guitars or whatever and uh, so I hit him back and um, I was playing with JGB at the San Rafael JCC oh, uh-huh. and um, and he was like I want to come out and say hey whatever would that be cool and I said yeah of course and I didn't really know um, what he had or did or who he yeah. was and uh, what kind of person he was and I said yeah sure and he said if you don't mind I'd love to bring a couple couple guitars I have a couple cool guitars that would be um, sweet to have at your gig and I said sure and so he brought the guitar I'm playing tonight which is uh, 
uh, a Cripe Saturn, um, which was built for Jerry. Uh, Jerry passed away before he was able to receive yeah. it. But right. yeah. um, it's an incredible guitar. And Andy just showed up at my gig and was the sweetest guy ever and said, here's this crazy guitar. He brought some pedals for me to play. And it was just like instant family, which I'm sure everyone experiences <laughs> yeah. with Yeah, Andy. we That's love true. Yeah, he's that, that very us. consistent in that manner, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. And that was um, 2017, I guess. Okay. Yeah, maybe like spring of 2017. And then we were off to the races. Wow. Talk, talk every week yeah, still once that starts so it sat in your inbox for months that's amazing maybe even a year, a year. yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. i get a lot of messages people like hey i'd love to jam you know and so like it's 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 easy to pass over this stuff i try to get back to everybody but um yeah andy sat there for a while in my inbox that is so cool so what, what was it like playing that guitar that day amazing i hadn't played any of jerry's guitars yet that was the first um first garcia guitar i played and uh you know i guess it, technically it wasn't played by jerry but yeah. it was for intended him. for him and yeah. Yeah. knowing the guitar i know that it would have seen some yeah. serious stage time with him because it's sure. one of the most special guitars i've ever played um and right away it was like being home on that instrument i'm so excited that i'm playing it tonight because yeah. they sort of just told us you know yesterday here's what tunes you're playing and here's which guitars you're playing and just last night yeah oh yeah. my gosh <laughs> and so uh i don't know how uh, alex jordan know. and yeah. has done Dude. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to get that email out by last night, I don't think. No. Yeah, I mean, crazy. He's, he's rocking it. So yeah. you're playing that again tonight, then. So we're mm -hmm. bringing it full circle. Playing that tonight. Yeah, yeah, full yeah. circle. Any other guitars of his you played? Uh, Jerry's? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Andy's, oh, Andy's slash Jerry's. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I've played Alligator a whole okay. bunch. Yeah. Um, I've played the, the D28, which wow. is... Uh, that's such a special guitar in its own right. It's a, it's a pre-war Martin D28, which is... Yeah. Arguably the most coveted acoustic guitar in the world, um, and it's funny. It's, it's his is a December of 1943, which is like 1943. Yeah, and so it just made the pre-war cutoff by like days. Okay, you know. Wow. Wait, wait. So that that's the. Am I not? Am I mistaken or not? That that's the car that uh, the guitar that uh, Jerry recorded Ripple on. Absolutely, that's the one. Wow. I had that. Have you played Ripple? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. You know, it's, on, on it's, this guitar, yeah. It's um, it's hard to tell. Like this, there's only so many pictures and so much documentation. But um, yeah, I think that guitar probably recorded all of Working Man's Dead and American Beauty. It was on Festival Express. Peter Rowan saw it and played it, and he said, "Oh, this is the guitar I played in Old in the Way." And uh, like things just keep popping up with that guitar. So how, how about this one? Um, is this true? I think I read somewhere the first song you ever learned to play in guitar was Ripple. Wow, that's yeah. so crazy. I just, I yep. got chills. I always get chills during these. Usually I usually have long sleeves on, so you can't see my chills it. popping up. Well, until you get to, uh, even when you get to the chorus on Ripple, even still, it's the, such a simple song. Yeah. Such That's so Jerry and so Grateful Dead, too, that yeah. take the three, G, C, and D in yeah. the verse, and those are like the three first chords you learn on guitar. Uh -huh. Anyone who's ever picked up a guitar plays G, C, yeah. and D. And for Jerry to write something like Ripple out of such simple chords, so you know, cool. it's like, what? Timeless. Yeah, timeless. Yeah, so timeless. Does it feel different to play on that guitar than others? Yeah, because you know each guitar is, is so unique and has such a personality. 
So when you play that guitar, when you play that, that intro to Ripple, yeah. it sounds like American Beauty. You wow. know, it, it's tone, amazing. Right? I mean, yeah, it has to. This, <laughs> and is, Jerry, this, is this a segue into tones that we, we always hear about tones, right? All these guitars, but it keeps coming up over yeah. and over and over. Yeah, it's funny too, Jerry. I've played I think like fourteen or fifteen of his guitars at this point, and um, wow. half of them are custom, and half of them are um, production guitars. Like the Martin D twenty eight was just you know wasn't built for Jerry; it's just a Martin, and. Um, you know, a lot of guitars came Jerry's way. I think backstage every night, people were handing him a guitar they built or a guitar yeah. they had, wanted him, whatever. And his, you know, obviously there's mojo left in these guitars from mm -hmm. Jerry and the experiences guitars have had and the things mm -hmm. they've done. But I think Jerry also just knew how and when to pick the right guitar. He knew when yeah. one was a keeper. Because yeah. I've played other pre-war Martins and they're really cool. But this one, like Jerry knew when one sparkled oh. and was like, I'm keeping this one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, so, then, and then he moved on. You know, he go on to the next one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say, because I, I don't know if we'll get this in or not, but have you had that experience playing any of the guitars, but maybe in particular Alligator, because we've heard this happen many times. Have have you had the experience where the guitar maybe at some point kind of plays itself? A Absolutely. Bit? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep, and uh, you know, Alligator is modified. It is super unique, um, but not. It's not a complete Frankenstein. You know, at the end of the day, it is st still kind of just a Fender Strat um, mm -hmm. with some some quirks and some weird stuff. But uh, I've played a bunch of vintage Strats too, and mm -hmm. none of them do what that guitar yeah. does. You know, <laughs> there's your answer to. Yep. I know, I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. So, when did you get? Your, I know you were uh, after that uh, that Tiger guitar uh, many years ago. Did you get it? Which, oh, yeah, I did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. I got that. Wild. That started the whole thing, really. Yeah. Tell us about that. I had this guitar that um, was made by a fellow, uh, and I got it like right after high school. I saved up like years and years of mowing lawns, mm -hmm. and my parents chipped in a little, and I got this custom guitar that wasn't great, but it was cool, and it was special, and no one else had anything like it at that time, um, like in my circle, you know, I had, right. I had the cool, crazy guitar. And um, I thought that was it. I thought that was like my guitar or whatever. And it, it's not a great guitar. I still have it. Um, <laughs> but at the time, it was amazing. And uh, I never dreamed of having something even that cool. But then I started playing other ones and dipping into like other makers and yeah. being like, oh, I don't have the coolest guitar yeah. ever. There are other really cool guitars. That are better, <laughs> have better construction, better, better details, whatever. Um, and so that Tiger um, was, you know, at that, at that time, the closest... I could get to the real deal, and uh, that was a great guitar. That was a guitar I had when I, I joined JGB, and that got me through the first few years, um, just wow. solely that guitar. Damn. How wow. long? How long did you play with JGB? Uh, about three and a half years. Oh, what an experience! Huh? Yeah, wild. Is that how you got to know Sunshine? Or yeah. That, yeah. Yep. Talk about unread messages. Sunshine left my my message to her. On uh, in her inbox for about three years. Really? Yeah, we still we joke about it every day. <laughs> no kidding. I was playing a show in like at the Cap in uh, Garcia's at the Cap in Portchester, New York, and Sunshine was playing around the corner, and I messaged her and said, "Hey, my band's here. If you want to come by and whatever, hang out, maybe sing, or whatever. I'd love to meet you and whatever." And uh, never heard back. <laughs> and so now sometimes she'll text me. We talk. Sunshine and I are yeah. brother and sister. We talk yeah. every day. And uh, you know sometimes I'll leave her unanswered for a few hours just, <laughs> just for the hell of it yeah yeah and she knows that's what i'm doing awesome. yeah yeah that's so great well, yeah let there be a lesson there just you know persistence and don't delete your emails totally it's true <laughs> yeah. it's true but yeah we met in jgb and uh i remember i walked into this we had never met before jgb and so i walked into melvin's studio here in san francisco and we 
hugged and that was it and that's off it. to the races and now we're family for life and here we are tonight well let me say something about sunshine she's has a lot to do with the fact that we're sitting here yeah. tonight mm. with the, mm-hmm. the tales mm-hmm. from the green room podcast which was preceded by the women are smarter mm-hmm. which was uh witnessed the, the inaugural yeah, was you were the first yeah, 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 the first one our first interview oh cool yeah. that was the very first one that yeah was our very first one Sweet. i kept looking at you and you had this look on your face like I remember that was a dusty, hot festival, and I didn't know that area existed where you guys were. I kept looking for some place to go and hang out, and then like there it was in the shade with like cool people, and there was like big, comfy, like upholstered chair. It was very nice. And I was like, "Do your thing. See you later. I'll be melting into this chair." Yeah. What I also remember about that though was Sunshine. (laughs) We were doing the Women Are Smarter, and Sunshine and I had talked about this Mm -hmm. idea of getting you know women out there, etc. So this was was one of the the, uh, I don't know, the genesis of it mm-hmm. had to do with some conversations I had with her. And then at that festival, she was, in fact, actively trying to get the women at the festival yep. together. Yeah. Yep. And she did that with yep. you being the uh, the token male. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was badass. Uh, midlife. I was blown away by your playing. I was like, oh, the thank fair, you so much. Yeah, we walked yeah. up and I was like, who, what the heck is going on? Oh, thanks, guys. Anybody thank wants you. to find that Great. on YouTube, the Moonlight Midnight. Yeah. Is that out there? Yeah. I think it cool. is. Yeah. I got to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I show that to people all the time. And it's uh, a, a bevy of women, female players. I love that. I yeah. love that she's doing that. Zach. People crying because they just want to try to understand. From the book I read, not one but almost follow. Come and join us, magnificent sanctuary band. And more too, people die. Their temptation hangs over the land. Like those people should all just follow this command. Magnificent Sanctuary Band Singing in our bed <laughs> well, right on, man. So, um, what do you expect uh, to feel tonight when playing that thing? The whole thing is cr- I've never been in this room before. You know, okay. I've always wanted to play oh, here. Cool. And um, and same thing as, like, the Jerry guitars. For whatever reason, there's something special about a room the dead has yeah. played in, you know, especially one this size. Yeah. I think capacity now is 650. I don't know what it was back in the day, but I've heard that there were only 300 people at the dead show. Unbelievable. And it was invitation only. I don't know what it's going to be like with multiple people playing these guitars at the same time. There's going to be a lot of music. I can't wait to find out. But between Alex and Andy, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to play these guitars on this stage with these people. And so you're coming back, though. Did we talk about this? I don't think we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My band's coming back almost exactly in three months. We'll be here Sunday, November 12th. Okay, got that, everyone? Yep. Okay. Yep, I can't wait for that. Maybe we can get them down here and... uh, yeah, yeah. let's do it. Let's That'd plan awesome. on it. Yeah, right I'd love on. that. Yeah. Right on, Zach. I yeah. can't wait to. Uh, so glad you listen. made it. See you tonight. Me too. And you look yeah. so refreshed. Yeah, I feel more good. refreshed than we are. I feel good. <laughs> we live here. Thank you guys. <laughs> right on. Cheers. Right. Thanks Cheers. a lot. So after roaming, after speaking with Zach, we roamed around the uh, Great American a bit, trying to enjoy some of the show ourselves. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was a wonderful show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which was not easy to do doing this at the same time, but it was super fun. And uh, there at side stage, as we mentioned at the beginning, was Gary Lambert of Tales from the Golden Road and Sirius Radio. And uh, he was trying to keep the attention of the crowd. And in the midst of all that, we grabbed him and brought him down to the storeroom. So let's hear from Gary Lambert. 
Right, <laughs> right. I was side of stage. Yeah. I was. Right. Uh, you're trying to keep the attention of all these people, which is not easy, right? Oh yeah, no. Talk talking ah. talking during a show is a little bit challenging. That's okay. You know, yeah. it, it's getting across to the people who who are listening, yeah. and uh, it's you know just being here serving a cause like this is it's such a great feeling, and the the fact that the people who are here have already supported Grateful Guitars, and yeah. if they want to throw in some more, they get to do that. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it, it's just indicative of this community, you know how how generous they are, and and how supportive they are of this tradition and and carrying it on, carrying it forward. We're all part of that. We are. And what Andy said tonight on stage was uh, the people behind me, which was his board, yeah. people yeah. in front of me, which was the audience. Right. It's all necessary. It's it's not just him, obviously. But I, I, I have to tell you, I felt so good for him. Oh, um, absolutely. I know. So warm in my heart yeah. when I saw Andy up on that stage tonight yeah. Yeah. Uh, doing this. Didn't you? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Andy is someone with just this really singular vision. I mean, yeah. you know, we've all, you know, there are a lot of us who have geeked out on these guitars for years, you know, <laughs> their original incarnation in the hands of the guys who first played them. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us have studied up on the whole history of Alembic and all that. But, you know, usually that stuff gets consigned to history. It winds up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something like this. Keeping these instruments alive yeah. and keeping the music alive in the hands of a new generation of musicians is yeah. an amazing vision that, that Andy has been carrying through. Yeah. And I, I think it's a, Well, I wanted to ask you about that because mm -hmm. you've been doing this for so long. and <laughs> So long. <laughs> so I mean, and long. We, we've been talking a lot about, like, this new generation. And yeah. So, what are you feeling? What? How? How do you feel about that? And do you, I mean, obviously, it's real, right? Yeah, it's it's incredibly gratifying. Yeah, you know, and I always knew this music had a real durability to it, mm -hmm. and and uh, inability to speak across generational lines. It's sort of exceeded my wildest <laughs> dreams for it, you know, right? and, and kind of. You know, it's kind of vindicated all of us who who love the Grateful Dead <laughs> yeah. when no one thought the Grateful Dead was him. <laughs> Wait a you minute, know? I said that today. Yeah. I said I used to. Did. I, I didn't. I didn't say vindicated, but that's what I was thinking. And, and I didn't say I was hiding the fact that mm -hmm. I was a deadhead, but I didn't broadcast it all the time in my right. professional career. Yeah. You know, as an attorney. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just was, and, and even people would say you're hanging out with those people. And man, vindicated. Thank you for saying yeah, that. Well, yeah. Well, because, well, people would often say to me, you know, I. I I was a deadhead without uh, having a lot of the exterior. I mean, I had really long hair when I was first into this stuff. And then, you know, around the mid-70s, I just said, this hair is cumbersome and hot. <laughs> and, and I cut it off, and I started going to shows like, you know, sort of, in, and people would say to me, incognito? They, they, say, they, they say, you don't look like a deadhead. And I'd, I'd say, I'm in covert operations. Yeah. You know? <laughs> because, you know, and I like that. I, li I like the fact that you can defy stereotypes of, right. of, of who we are and what we are. Yeah. And also, I have such a wide diversity of musical tastes. And that's one of the reasons I love The Grateful Dead, because they came from such a wide, wide diversity of influences. Yeah. You know, they, uh, I once said, when I first got into them, which was... First saw them in 68, then really went off the deep end in 1969. 68 was, I was going to ask you, that was my next question. Yeah, okay. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, for my first show, I saw them by accident in Central Park for free. I didn't know they were playing that day, but I, I, yeah. I was there to see Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. Uh, and it turned out to be the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, then Jefferson Airplane, then The Grateful Dead, wow. which is about as happy a sensory overload as I could ever imagine <laughs> wow. having. Um, and then in 69... <clears throat> 
Like, I was already into things like jug band music, and I was into things like blues, and I was into jazz, and sort of avant-garde 20th century music. And I start going to see the Grateful Dead regularly, and I say, they're playing all the music I love all at once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all at once. Oh so, sometimes in the course of the same song, you know. Right. And, and, and that was startling to me, and so unlike anything that preceded it in rock music. Yeah. You know, there, there were bands that played psychedelically, there were bands that, pl- that jammed, but the dead just came from so many different places and they synthesized so much into something that sounded like no one else but themselves. Well, yeah. As it said on the side of Winterland, right? It's yeah. Not, yeah. Not, they're not the best at what they do. They're, they're the only ones that do what they do. Absolutely singular. And, and you know, uh, they, just, they just kept getting better and better mm-hmm. and honing their craft and mm-hmm. bringing in more influences, you know, the country stuff. I mean, that came out of nowhere. Right. In 1969, you would not expect Jerry Garcia to be playing pedal steel guitar on a George yeah. Jones song, <laughs> you know, but there it was. As it is in nature's plan No season gets the upper hand How I've tried to bear this fact in mind Leaves are bare, the cold winds blow But by experience we should know Winter comes, but the spring is close behind. And that that was starting the steps that led them to Working Man's Dead and American Beauty, because they started crafting beautiful songs of their own. So, yeah, they, they, they continued to have the ability to surprise, which is not that common among rock bands that last that long. Mm-hmm. A lot of rock bands figure out what their shtick is they get good at it and they repeat it for like the course of a long career and the grateful dead you know didn't want to bore each other yeah right (laughs) or us um so i was listening to the interview i was streaming i wasn't at that particular show i was streaming it when you were interviewing john mayer during the break right and that whole story that he he told you know which one i'm talking about how he just it's like all of a sudden it was just like Oh my God! You know, it just it, it hit him, and you know where he wasn't really in charge of, of playing any longer because he's such yeah. a controlled player, yeah. right? And then yeah. just how that whole magic happened, right? In the interview we, we did with O'Teal, also during during the halftime shows, he told us about completely forgetting what song they were playing. You know, I mean, <laughs> wow! Uh, it, it and it was "Here Comes Sunshine." I remember this. It was it was kind of late in the tour, and there was a "Here Comes Sunshine," and somehow. They took it into this like double time gospel feel, and you know, and Jeff Cometti could really play that kind of yeah. stuff, and the way the kind of grooves Jay played, and then and O'Teal just like totally went with it, but then O'Teal said, "Wait a minute, <laughs> what song is this?" And and, and somehow, awesome. and and this is like the genius Jeff, of Jeff Cometti. Jeff, like they all sort of looked to Jeff, and Jeff took it from that double time thing seamlessly back into Here Comes Sunshine. Wow. And it was as though they had practiced it a million times, and yeah. but it, it all happened in the moment. And yeah. so many things on this last tour yeah. were that way. Of course, the ridiculous Big River Dark Star mashup. Right. <laughs> mashup. That? Oh my. And that, that was decided basically during drums when, when, the, when the guitar players and keyboard players were off stage during drums. Yeah. Weir just said, 
All right, we're gonna we're gonna uh, instead of going into part two of the other one after after drums, uh, uh, let's start playing Big River. <laughs> and they said, uh, okay, okay. We, we haven't played that. You know, like, I don't know if they had played it on the tour yet, or if they hadn't played it in weeks or what. And they went into it, and then they start playing the the melody of Dark Star yeah. over, it. and then two nights later. Bobby actually sang Dark Star over the... In the I, middle of it, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, you know... Right. <laughs> I can't imagine even the original Grateful Dead having pulled that off. You know, right. there, there was something about the way this band was, was, was syncing yeah. up on this tour. When I was uh, younger... So I, my first Dead show was also with uh, Jefferson Starship and the Dead, Golden uh-huh. Gate Park. Oh, 70, uh, 75, yeah. 75. That's how you guys all know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody knows that one, but yeah. I throw it out at them. Right. But yeah, and it was Jefferson Starship. And it was billed as... Um, there were all kinds of uh, fake uh, billings for what, right. what it was. Right. But by the time I went, I knew what it was. I mean, somebody yeah. said this is what it is. KSAN, the, the, right. uh, the right. radio station was yeah. putting it out. And so that's interesting, Starship. And that, mine was seven years later. But yeah, still. but they built, well, every show the Dead played that year was not billed as the Grateful Dead. Yeah, right. they, they played they played four shows total in 1975. Um, the uh, Keysart Stadium, yeah. the benefit. Yeah. Uh, Snack Sunday. Snack Sunday for the school's school art programs and, and sports programs and they were billed as Jerry Garcia and friends right uh, and then they did the uh, Bob Freed Memorial Boogie at Winterland a benefit for the family of a poster artist who had passed away and that was Jerry Garcia and friends <laughs> they actually said Jerry Garcia and friends Kingfish Bob Weir and Kingfish, Kingfish. and Keith and Donna yeah. you know and then it wound up all being the, the whole band, and then and then yeah, the Golden Gate Park thing. They called it Jerry Garcia and Friends and until I, I feel they like took there the was something about uh, the Monkees reunion came out. You ever hear that story? I hadn't heard that. The one. The Monkees reunion. Yeah, I feel like that. I'm really? gonna go. I'm gonna go look that one up. Okay, that just popped into my head. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But um, but I used to find myself maybe you did too, Gary, um, explaining the band and and. A couple of things like why I like them. Some of the things uh-huh. you said, with, and I would explain to friends. You know, the the fact is, we all know you get it someday, yeah, or you don't. Yeah. Um, but I think of my mother. God bless you, Melba Struzulo, mm-hmm. still alive, ninety three years old. Beautiful. Loves Ramble on Rose. Love it. Um, right. But uh, at the time, we would go to dead shows between Christmas and New Year's at Winterland. After I saw that seventy five, that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas and New Year's five nights, and my mom would say, "Why are you going?" every five all five nights I said because they do not play the same song once and if they do it's going to be completely different yeah and that's yeah. what you were just talking about. yeah and that's that is also pretty unique in the history of the music you know I mean most most touring bands they have very very homogenous set lists from night to night and within the context of the set list they play the songs very similarly to the way they do every right. night so yeah this is uh, this was one of a kind and uh, and I'm so happy there are so many bands now emulating that yeah. model. Do you have any favorites? Um, well, most of the, most of my favorite music the, these days falls more in the jazz uh-huh. end of things. Than, right. I mean, I, I like a lot of the jam bands, mm-hmm. but I haven't found the one that captures my heart the way the Grateful Dead did. I I admire them and I like I like right. yeah, and they also they relate to their fans in similar ways. Yeah. Right. So that's more of a respect thing. Uh, I have I have pretty weird musical tastes in general and okay. and, and, and yeah, determinedly Thus weird. Of being a deadhead all these years yeah yeah right. so, so so i i go for you know where most of the jam bands <laughs> leave off in terms of weirdness that's where i kind that's of start kind of come so in. so i uh you know i live in new york and and there's an incredibly vibrant 
wow. improvisational music scene in New right. York. So, and a lot of people in it are friends of mine. Right. And it's similar to, it reminds me of the Bay Area scene in the 60s, yeah. not in terms of the style of the music that they're playing, but in the way there's all this nurturing, yeah. of, you know, bands supporting each other and showing up and playing it's on beautiful. each other's gigs. Nice. Uh, and when bands have a night off, they go and see their friends play and yeah. support them. And, uh, you know, I think maybe people on the West Coast have a, a notion of New York as a very cutthroat scene, but that's not been my experience oh, of it. very cool. Yeah. It's, have, it, have you heard Neighbor by any chance? Have you heard that group? I have not heard. I've, I've seen the name. I have not yeah, heard them yet. Yeah. But I... But I I'm always eager to check out new stuff, and I like I, some of the younger jam bands. You know, I, I I'm I'm I keep giving them a yeah. chance. I, I like Goose. I like what I've heard of Goose. You know, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep Jerry's I'll, Middle Finger. Jerry's Middle Finger. I saw them at uh, Skull and Roses, yeah. and I enjoyed them a lot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's you know, it's just great that there is a model yeah. that, that these people are totally. working from. You know, and uh, I just I'm very optimistic about the musical future. Yeah. You know? oh. Yeah. Hey, how could you not be? Like tonight, how could you not be? I mean, I was looking up, we just went upstairs to uh, check out what's going on from up there. And the scene was just amazing. Yeah. The yeah. scene yeah. was amazing. The music was well, amazing. Well, it's always amazing. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. Tonight it felt. So let's let's talk about what it's like as you as a fan, even, yeah. Gary, because we're all fans here. Um, when we see Alligator on stage being oh, yeah. played by John yeah. Kay, like just yeah. now, it's going on as we speak, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the Martin uh, being played. I right. mean, all of that stuff. I mean, how does it feel? Because I asked the artist, how do you feel? And they all say, I, honestly, it's they magical. say magic. Yeah. Uh, it takes over. I yeah. don't know that I'm playing. But how do you feel when you, I mean, just to see this tonight with all of it coming together? It's it's incredible. It's, it's it's so it's moving. It's heartwarming, uh, and you know it. The depth of respect that the younger musicians have for this tradition, and the tradition that Rick Turner and Doug Irwin and those people established, you know, because if if you look at the early history of of the San Francisco bands, they were playing mostly stock. You know, yeah. Fenders right off the assembly line or Gibsons right off the assembly line. And then they started having people modify them. You know, Rick Turner started out modifying some of Jerry's guitars. And then Rick Turner started building guitars. <laughs> and then Rick Turner started building some of the most mind-blowing guitars ever built. And Doug came out of that culture, too. So, yeah, the, the respect for that tradition. I mentioned Stradivarius when I was up, you know, making the introduction. And that's really resonant to me because, you know, there's always been a tradition in classical music of instruments being passed on these are instruments going back to the 1600s really you know? and uh, wow. the, the young i guess he's not so young anymore the, uh, but one of the present generation of virtuoso violinists joshua bell mm-hmm. um has a, a stradivarius that was given to him by the great isaac stern who was a wow. you know a yeah. great violinist of a previous generation and joshua bell says you know i'm not really a mystically inclined person but when i play that instrument I feel wow. the weight of Did its you history. Know Did you know that classical? No, but I, I, I'm that's, just that's blown away because this is, it's, it crosses uh, genres. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah for oh, right. oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. You know, and, and of course, you know, there are so many revered old, you know, Martin flat tops right. that, you know, that came out of the bluegrass world and all that. So it, respect for the instruments is like, is, yeah. is an extension of respect for the music itself. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 great to see that, and 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 what Andy and and Jason and yeah. the gang are doing is just is is beautiful, and you know, just I, it means so much. I mean, I loved when Jerry was just playing those stock instruments. I mean, one of my all-time favorite Jerry sounds was just a Gibson SG yeah. plugged into a Fender Twin, 
you know, without a lot of gizmos, and he just, you know, that's the stuff that's on Live Dead. Yeah. yeah. And, yep. you know, yeah. you can't beat that for me. I mean, I love all the Irwins and all that stuff, but there's something, because it was the period that I was really getting into the music, when mm-hmm. I hear that stuff, it goes, like, straight up my spine. Ah. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. I love do you play an instrument? I do play. I've been, I've, been play- I've been playing for a very long time. I've been kind of keeping it uh, on a back burner as far as a profession, because yeah. I got involved in a whole lot of other stuff in the music <laughs> business. Um I play mostly for pleasure, but I'm uh-huh. I'm kind of half at a hankering to get out okay. and, and 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 gig some more. Uh, and I play a very simple stock yeah. stock guitar. Let's ask so, you, what are you yeah. playing? I've got I've got a GNL sort of uh, GNL was Leo Fender's last company before before he passed, mm-hmm. and he sort of you know it's sort of like a Fender uh, Telecaster, but with a, a few other twists to it. It's not wow. quite as twangy. Right. The Telecaster's got some really nice jazzy tones that I especially appreciate. So I play those, and then I have a beautiful acoustic guitar by a Irish luthier named George Loudon nice. um, and uh, yeah you know it's you pick up a beautifully made instrument and it inspires yeah. you to play better yeah you know? absolutely yeah That's well, awesome. but beyond that you must feel quite fortunate to have your role uh, as you do with yeah. the Grateful Dead right uh, now no, you know it's I mean, just it, it blows my mind I mean and the fact that it keeps on going <laughs> I mean you know I, I, I worked directly for the band for a bunch of years I worked for Bill Graham before I worked for the Dead and that was another dream gig you know because yeah. the greatest education you could ever get in the music business yeah. is working oh, for Bill had to be and then immediately went from that to working for the Dead wow. and you know, then 1995 came, and I said, "Okay, well, that was now what a, am I going to do? <laughs> that, that was a nice life, you know. Right. Now, now I have to get a grown-up job." Uh, but, but uh, actually, when we said goodbye to Jerry and Golden Gate Park, uh, yes. which was uh, this date actually in 1995, August 13th. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why that, that's why this yeah. concert is so special. Yeah, he did. Right. Well, yeah. Well, the first this this is based on August 13th 1975 when they when the dead oh, played here yeah, right, 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 and right. Jerry died on the 9th right. there was supposed to be a 20th anniversary blues for Allah show that I was involved in on on the 13th but it was postponed because Jerry died and pushed back to November but they had the memorial for Jerry in yeah. Golden Gate Park right. and you know each of the band members spoke they didn't play right. they, they just spoke and then there was this like little processional at the end with drums and stuff and I walked up to Bobby, who I at that point already known for you know twenty yeah. plus years, mm-hmm. and I gave him a hug and I said, "Man, wherever, wherever this goes from here, you know, I just want to say thank you." Mm-hmm. And Bobby said, "Oh hell, we're just getting started." Yeah. <laughs> and I said, "It was amazing to me that he could say that yeah. at this moment, at that day, at yeah. this at this yeah. big goodbye." And he has proven so correct. Right, and that's that's yeah. that's sort of my that's my mantra. Oh hell, we're just getting started. Yeah. And with each ending, I felt like fare thee well in yeah. oh, yeah. in twenty fifteen. Right. It was like I had this absolute, and we didn't even know about Dead and Company happening yet so much. I knew there was something in the works, but well, Phil said a great thing at at, at uh, fare thee well. He said he said this isn't an ending; it's a crossroads. That's, oh, you know, and then you know, and, and perfectly and, put. Yeah, so. It, this this music was so deeply ingrained in us by that point that yeah. uh, fairly well was not like a big traumatic ending yeah. for me. It was like okay, Phil wants to do this with his life, and the other guys want to stay right. on the road, and this makes perfect sense. Like every, perfect sense. everyone's doing exactly what they yeah. they should be doing, right. rather than what the audience might dictate for them to do. Because we love to have this band go out on tour every few years, and and the end of. Dead and Company touring doesn't mean anything specifically ending. No. It means 
it's reshaping, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and it may happen in more intimate surroundings, which right. is fine with me, exactly. you know. Uh, I mean, there is a thrill about seeing this music played in front of a stadium sure. full of people, but also there are conversations the band can have that are less forceful and less loud and more right. subtle and more full of nuance. Right. And Bobby's doing that already with Wolf Bros yeah. and, and the Wolf Pack. So, uh, and I saw Otiel a few weeks ago. He, he was tremendous. You, you know he's a great person huh we haven't interviewed the, the, him, the, mo the most beautiful we cat. listen to him I, 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 I can't wait people are going to be blown away by his solo album uh, really yeah he, he made an album of all <clears throat> Garcia Hunter ballads no way just the ballads are you kidding me huh yeah he, made, made, he went to Iceland with Jason Crosby that's what he was doing yeah. there yeah. Jason Crosby a bunch yeah. of great musicians and wow you know, Otiel sings those ballads so beautifully. Oh, I so, can't wait. so it's it's really good. Enough. When's that coming out? Well, but it, I, th I think in September. I think really? it's almost ready. Yeah, we at, we interviewed Jason right after he came back. Yeah, from that, right. That Sweetwater. Yeah. And uh, I asked him that question. He goes, I don't know, but let me know. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, yeah. it was quite an experience. Yeah. So. Otiel said it was an amazingly profound experience for him. And <laughs> and because of where they recorded it, I mean, this, this studio in Iceland has, has gotten a real reputation by musicians as a magical place oh, to yeah. record. And you, you, you'd, you'd finish a take of a song and then walk outside and you'd see the Aurora Borealis oh my like, God. right in front of your face. <laughs> that'll yeah. do it. So, yeah, that'll so so. <laughs> I'm so happy for O'Teal that he's that he got this dream project yeah. done. In the end, there's just a song. Comes crying like the wind through all the broken dreams. And vanish years. Stella Blue. And and so yeah, it's uh I think this music is gonna continue to manifest in amazing ways. Yeah. You know, and uh so how if they, who do you follow I mean what do you do? Like if you're not if it's not the dad in, in stadiums, then you know, are you just interview? Well, I still have, you know, David and I still have the radio show. Yeah. I, I mean, the Grateful Dead channel on Sirius XM is thriving after, yeah. you know, uh, we've been doing our show for 15 years and it hasn't let up a bit. The phones are always lit up every week. You know, <laughs> I mean, people you, call you it. listen to the tales from the Golden Road and you endure, I'm going to use that word sometimes, the deadheads, man, I mean, they have questions. They oh, yeah. Have detail. Uh -huh. They, they, they have, have some passion. wild theories. They yeah. have theory. Yeah, I mean, and, and you guys are just, just. I mean, you're so great. I the know. Way you handle it. I know. Like, and and then we'll have like a seven year old call and say, "My dad took me my first Dead and Company show, and it was incredible." You know, and, oh. and, and that you know that just shows people are taking their grandkids to shows. Right. You know, yeah. And that. And that yeah, that was a, a big thing for the, this last Dead and Company sh uh, tour for sure with the oh, generations. Very, right. very family oriented. Very yeah. family and, oriented. And, and I have to say, I have to tell the story again about so Dennis's daughter sent him an Instagram. Was it his Instagram or TikTok? It was a TikTok. Yeah. And it was basically this woman who had an autistic oh. child, uh -huh. and she started dating this man, you know, just stepfather. And uh, he would play the dead, you know, music in the car with him sometimes. And he finally took him to a concert at the Gorge. And it was like the first time he just all of his all of his symptoms, everything just he just calmed down. Did you see that? Uh, did you I, see that? I, I didn't see that, but there have been several examples of. That. I mean, you know, Mickey has been very involved in music as a 
uh, a means of healing and a, yeah. me a means of sure. dealing with neurological disorders. Right. He worked with a great neurologist and author, Oliver Sacks, wow. um, who's best known for writing the book that the movie Awakenings was based on. Oh. And Oliver Sacks worked with people who were in the field of using music as therapy, mm -hmm. music as treatment for cognitive disorders. Mm -hmm. And um, Oliver Sacks had a patient who suffered a severe brain injury, I think in 1970, mm -hmm. and became completely non-responsive to just about anything. You know, could not be communicated with. Um, but in working with him, Sachs, like, got some of his family history and found out he really loved the Grateful Dead and started playing him Grateful Dead records, and that was what the guy responded to. Wow. Like he would suddenly, he could speak and he would become animated. Um, but only to Grateful Dead music that happened before in 1970. Ah, so, are you kidding? So, <laughs> That's so wild. in the early 90s, I think it was 92, 93, Oliver Sacks brought this patient to Madison Square Garden and they provided seats for him at the soundboard. And I was about 10 feet behind. And I was observing this. And every time the dead would play something from the repertoire, 1970 right. or earlier this guy would just become so animated and you know, wave his hands and then when they played something newer he'd become a little more uh, withdrawn and confused yeah. and and Sachs said I spoke to Dr. Sachs which yeah. was a, a, an extraordinary experience and occasionally <laughs> several times during the show the patient journey said where's Pigpen <laughs> you know and, are you serious yeah, oh yeah. my god and wow. and, wow. and uh, wow. there's a great there's actually there was a theatrical movie made about about this called "The Music Never Stopped," which was okay. But the real the real source that you should read, uh, it was uh, there was an article that, that Dr. Sachs wrote about this case for uh, the New York Review of Books called "The Last Hippie," and wow. um, and then it was uh, collected in a in an anthology of his work called "An Anthropologist on Mars." So. Find wow. that book by Oliver wow. Sacks and read yeah. read that chapter. It, it's it, it and to witness it in person was just That's extraordinary. Moving. So I moving, bet. so beautiful. That yeah, this amazing. this person uh, said that after that dead show, they took a big risk taking this kid to the dead show right? yeah. at the gorge. Yeah, and they said, "Screw it, we're going to do it." And then he responded. And not only that, but since then, set, he had a lot of acting out uh, mm -hmm. episodes. Mm -hmm. Since then, they've decreased by seventy five percent. That's incredible. Yeah. Since the show at the gorge. Since the yeah. show at the gorge. So, uh, yeah, this this stuff is real. You yeah, know? and it's going to keep going on. I will say, at least, uh, you probably got to go, um, Gary. But the um, at least Bob Weir, this Bobby Weir, this time says, you know, yeah, we're going to not do Dead and Company or whatever, but we're going to continue to play until we drop. So. Oh yeah, well, and and actually, you know, John Mayer said not just a few weeks ago. Uh. Dead and Company is still a band. We just don't know when the next show is. There we oh, go. So uh, I, these yeah. guys, these guys aren't through with each other. Yeah. I, I will quote Bobby again: "Hell, we're just getting started." All right, that's it. Let's let's leave it with that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. that's yeah. beautiful, uh, Gary. It's so Thank good you. to get to know you the last yeah. couple of years. And, Lovely um, talking to you, folks. And we want to keep it keep it going too because we're yeah. just bored now. We're part of this too. Yeah. No, yeah. we we yeah. really are. And we love it. We're um, we're stuck. <laughs> yeah, we're stuck. And uh, shout out to Andy Bernstein at Headcount because you have the hat on. <laughs> oh, and, and I, I've been a—I went yeah. to some of the very first headcount events and have yeah. been a, a huge supporter and participant and all that. And I, you know, that's another thing I, uh, I recommend to people all the yeah. time is get involved in democracy, absolutely, yeah. right. while there still is one. Well, yeah. still there is one. Well, peace to you, my friend, and thank you for sitting down with us today. Oh, such all a pleasure. Right. Thank you. Right. Cheers. Just amazing stuff from Gary. I just so enjoy listening to him. I could probably talk to him 
all night long and another night and another night. The, the guy is uh, amazing and a wonderful human being. So with that, uh, we were able to find our buddy Danny Eisenberg roaming around and he was very happy to speak with us. And uh, let's hear from Danny Eisenberg. But uh, Danny Eisenberg, Woo! welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so happy to have you here at uh, the Great American Music Hall and the Andy Logan uh, Grateful Guitars uh, Foundation benefit. What a fucking time. What a, what a great time. What a great organization. Andy, what a great human being. You know, they're just... Uh, so I have to say almost every interview starts with what a great human being Danny is. It is, yeah. And it's because it's true. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> working, on, working on it. <laughs> yeah. Or Andy, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, well, so when did you first meet uh, Andy Logan, or do you remember? Probably through, God, I'm trying to remember, probably through Alex Jordan, some of those Club Fox gigs down there. Right. That's probably when I met him, I think. You know, maybe, I yeah. know. I probably met him at Terrapin. Yeah, yeah at Terrapin. Right. I, you know, when Terrapin. Back in the great, day. Back, back in the day. Some of the great yeah. room shows. You know, I think he. Because, now, did you know who, who he was? I mean, who's, he, who's Andy Logan, right? I, mean, I knew he was this guy who had these these awesome guitars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So of that. And he, and he wears cool clothes, too. He does. You know, like. I was like, man, that dress is pretty sharp. You know? Yeah. We talked to uh, Zach Nugent earlier, and he said, yeah, he, he reached out to me on an email, and I didn't answer it for about a year <laughs> until he finally realized, wow, I should talk to this guy. Right. So a uh, good thing he did that. But so you as a uh, you know keyboard piano player, um, how does it fit in for you? Have you has he ever provided you with an instrument or? Uh, um, you know, I told him I'm not quite. I'm cool with my current setup. But uh, right, you know, he, yeah. we've, we've, people will be using yours later, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like ah, Danny's. This is Danny's organ. Yeah, well, I mean, because um, tonight's all, uh, mostly about the the guitars being put in the hands of these guys, right? Yeah, and that's what Andy does. But yeah. how does it uh, feel to be on stage when those like the alligator comes on or that Martin comes on that, that Jerry Garcia had played? Does, does that permeate to you uh, on the keys as well? Well, I just think. I mean, I like to think there's mojo and spiritual energy coming from those instruments, and I'll bet there probably is. But these guys are all such great masters. They're great players, yeah. and I just—it's uh, an honor to be sharing the stage and be on stage with these guys. And yeah. you know, I love listening to them when we're playing. They're yeah. just—they're all really fun to listen to. But there, is there some uh, magic that happens that brings out your your uh, Billy Preston? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, you know, I yeah, Billy's probably my my one of the biggest all time heroes. You yeah. know, um, but uh, you know, just I just try to get out. You know, I, I always think a good night of music is when I get out of the way and let the aliens drive. Right. Right? So it's like, uh, so I just try awesome. to yeah, yeah. Li listen and let go. <laughs> yeah. You know, let the music let the music play the band. I was man. Yeah. Would you look at my notes? I mean, this yeah. is yeah, that's pretty weird. Yeah. Well, no, the, yeah. the music plays the yeah, right yeah. there. We that's, talked that's about the, that. Yeah, you we know, did, just, yeah. yeah, yeah, just that's that's the spot I like to be in. Yeah, man. Tell tell us a little bit about um, the Marin music scene that you are definitely part of that legacy now, without question. Um, I, you know, we're we're doing a, we interview people out of Sweetwater a lot mm -hmm. and other places there, but uh, in Marin. But we are finding um, that there's just some uh, some camaraderie and a, such a rich history, and the passing on of the you know it's going on for years. What what's your 
uh, feeling about the Marin County music scene? I think it, I think it's awesome. There's so many great players, and and it's a it's kind of like a co-op, and we all mix and match and play yeah. with different. We all kind of play with each other in different formats, and um, and I love you know I love the I love in that scene the improv scene, the yeah. imp- improvisational music, right? That that is prevalent for a lot of it. Right. How long? How long have you been in Marin? Maybe like seven years. Seven years. I'm, I'm born in San Francisco. Lived there. Mm-hmm. When I was five. And okay. Grew up in Berkeley, and then lived in Oakland like 20 years. And wow. Thought I'd better get out of Oakland. <laughs> wow, man. It's like it's uh, yeah. God bless Oakland. I love old. I music. love old Oakland. Yeah. I, I used yeah. to. Old Oakland. I used to play in a club like an old blues and jazz club when I was like 20 years old but that was like old Oakland yeah you know? a little bit different but you've been around the, the Marin scene longer than the seven years that you lived there right yeah, I, yeah. I, when I lived in Oakland I played it you know I played it I played a Terrapin yeah. yeah so you know I played a Terrapin from the beginning I got luckily thrown into some of those soft opening shows <laughs> right with right. Phil you know yeah those soft opening shows and the rambles they called them the rambles early on yeah they, I think they yeah the ones I got the very first ones soft opening and oh, and, I get, and I got I just lucked out to get the call for you know yeah like, where are you now Fairfax I'm in Forest Knowles oh, which Forest is Knowles. right past uh, yeah. Fairfax like right. 10 minutes so yeah. nice out there yeah. And, uh, Beautiful out it. there, yeah. We love it. Yeah, well, anytime uh, Garrett is uh, playing at Forest Knowles at the paper mill, I usually try and make it. <laughs> yeah, he, Garrett's... <laughs> he's I like love. the new kid on the block, right? Yeah, he comes he's, in. he's great. Garrett's awesome. And yeah, and uh, yeah, so we, Garrett, now we have a band now called the Garrett DeLowian Band. It's Garrett, myself, uh, Danny Lorraine, and yeah. Kevin White, you know. And, so that's who we saw. And we, that's who you guys saw at yeah. Perry's, and we have another gig September 14th for all you people out on podcast world absolutely bring your hundred of your closest friends right. we told yeah. a lot of people about that it's a lot of like soul and soul that was the jazz. same one where I, I took the spotify playlist and just sent it to everybody i know i'm like you guys have uh, to go check this it out it was incredible there was one night when uh, you guys were playing at perry's and the was it the wall of sound was playing down the street oh yeah and that they was had, the last one i think yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and then they had the keystone revisited playing at sweetwater right it's like what to do uh, <laughs> right right yeah there's a lot going on that night uh, you know talk about the marine scene how about the mother You've been doing. Uh, I saw I've done. You I've done a little bit with the hips lately. You know, they they change it up. So you know, I've yeah. got a couple things coming up in September. I think on the calendar, and uh, I think they were talking about maybe doing some recording. So yeah. So are you, are you doing the terrapin thing at the end of the? Month? I'm not scheduled to do that now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah. So awesome. Well, there'll be, sounds like so there'll be a lot warm, more. Yeah, it warms yeah. my heart that they're yeah they're doing that. It's I just so cool. I love terrapin so much. I miss it. But uh, yeah. as you know, yeah. as Phil said, the spirit. Spirit yeah. goes on for that, yeah. you know. The, the and it, but what a, what a great place that was! Uh, uh, that was like I think a, Dennis lived there, right? Because you were I had you, a bar there. stool there. If that's what you yeah, mean. yeah, you did <laughs> your name on it. You were there like every a, night. That was a really great experience. Yeah, it was kind of a clubhouse for the Deadheads. Yeah, you know? it was. It was, and it was for, for us. It was like a musical gym. You know, yeah. you go in there and you play with great players and. You know, the only prerequisite, I think, you know, that I can, t- you know, is listen and then yeah. listen, listen more. <laughs> right, you know? and, yeah. And uh, I like what Garcia said, you know, listen and be open to magic. Yeah. Know? Do you have any, um, I mean, like, who's your mentor in terms of, like, who, I mean, or is it all for, you? For is music? It, or yeah, for music, piano? for music, for piano, yeah. Oh, well, you said Billy Preston is probably the top for, you know, Billy Preston. I, you know, I love, I mean, there's so many great players. Yeah. I love, you know, um, Billy Preston, you know, um, I love 
you know, a lot of jazz players. Oscar Peterson, I love, I love bebop a lot. Yeah. You, know, you hear a lot of bebop in Garcia's playing. I totally. Love, I love that language. Yeah. You know. It was just so cool seeing you guys play with, with you know, when you were playing with Garrett because it was just a whole different, yeah. right? It's a whole different yeah. vibe. And but do you prefer or do you have a preference between uh, the organ and the piano? It just depends on the music. I yeah. love I love them both. Yeah, you mm -hmm. know, I love I love both of them. It just depends what right. the music yeah, calls it, for. It seems like the organ has uh, you know progressed with all the uh, advances in technology, right? Whereas the piano is the piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you can't and it's the piano. They're getting really good at the you know because you don't always get a real piano, which is the right. best. And a real piano to get it mic'd correctly is right. is also a challenge, but you do sometimes and that's awesome on both fronts but the digital ones like the one upstairs tonight is a you know it'll, you, can express, you can express yourself and sound like a piano on that yeah, yeah. we were listening to my, my daughter's at Outside Lands all weekend right? oh, wow. I mean, she comes yeah. home with a video and we're listening to all this music we don't know anything about and I'm like yeah. wow it's so, like the production yeah. is pretty yeah we're know. having an argument is this uh, music or is it sound or is, <laughs> is it, it are these musicians but it's a little of both yeah I, I'm not familiar with I looked at the, that <laughs> artist that you know and it's like I don't really no. know I've heard I know I've heard some of these artists, but only like, like yeah. Don't tell anybody. But like two. two. That's how well, it was the same. It was like the Foo Fighters and like, yeah. like Foo right? Fighters and Maggie Rogers. Yeah, and, and, and it wasn't Adele on there. Or something? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know if she was on this or time. Somebody was like somebody like that. Or, yeah, it's probably Maggie Rogers. Or, uh, Lana Del Rey. Like, yes, she, she's that, yeah, that's she's right. really good. You know, but, she is good. Yeah, like, but like those, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Know, did, like you ever, did you ever play it outside lands? I did play there yeah. 10 years ago yeah, with, the, wow. with the hips. I played there, and yeah. uh, that was really fun. Wow. They took and over then, our outside lands. And then Paul McCartney headlines. I got to go listen to Paul McCartney same day he headlined on you know on a different stage but right. you know, he played like 75,000 people <laughs> or something like that. he was a, he was amazing he he you know he I had tears in my eyes oh my know? god I yeah. bet yeah but thing is like even though I played there so we got the VIP section or something right. it was still you had to look at the screen it was you still did. so far away I was there yeah. and yeah. then I it's just kind of funny like watching a concert where you're looking at a screen yeah. you know might as well be home but, but well then no. I got they got no. kind of used to it then I was like Wait, yeah this, I could, this is it's of, okay. Yeah. It's, it's kind of real. You have to yeah. talk yourself into it, it being okay. Yeah. Well, of, I right? didn't have a choice. Like, it was just that was all I got. You know. So, <laughs> yeah. The VIP at uh, Outside Lands. Oh was yeah, we had that. Was like really and, okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, but yeah, I was at that, and it was super cool. I mean, that's yeah. good. If I were you, I would just say I played with Paul McCartney at Outside Lands. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So were you were you classic? I mean, how were you? What did you start yeah, I playing? Grew, I uh, I grew up, you know, playing classical, but I've always learned off records, which is, yeah. you know, all my heroes always yeah. said, learn by ear off records, and so that's how mm -hmm. I did. That's how I still do it, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I learned most, you know, so I studied classical, but then learning other. What's your favorite genre? Yeah, well, when I'm most of the time, I listen to and practice jazz. But mo you know mostly, but I but I can't really say I'm a super heavy, strong jazz player. You know right. I love it, and that's what I practice and listen to. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of like the hippie rock dude who yeah. listens to and practices and loves jazz. Right. Well, jazz you seems know. to be the sort of the foundation of you know. Yeah. The You're, not alone. You're, You're not, not alone. You're not alone at all. Many, many yeah. the folks we talk to are jazz, jazz. influenced for for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come, Jeff Kameni's a killer jazz player. Right. And, right. You know those guys like I. Like you know, Jason Crosby's awesome, and, right. and uh, 
and Marco Benevento. Those guys are yes. Those yeah. guys, they, those, those guys all move me a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're like heroes of mine, you know. That's cool. And how about Scott Goobs? Goobman uh, is awesome. I love uh, Goobs, and we get we get thrown. It's fun getting. I love playing with him. We yeah. I feel like we work well together. You know, yeah. we some we play often in Keystone Revisited. I couldn't make it that night to Keystone because you were at the. I was yeah. So uh, and it was booked before the Tony called me for that gig. So, yeah. but uh, um, get that on tape. Okay, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> we got you. You're covered. Tony okay. Saunders, we so, got that, yeah. Yeah. Tony, that was later. Yeah. It was. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Goobs is awesome. He's he's great. Yeah. He's got a killer ear. You know, he just sits yeah. down. He just, you know. He, got, he got to play uh, Brett Midland's, uh, uh, one of his keyboards, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. have you ever done that? Well, I think at Terrapin, you know, I've done some great room shows, you know, going back at Terrapin. And I think that, Hammond on stage was one of Brent's. Was it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's because Rob Rob Barocco told us tonight yeah. that he uh, he got offered uh, one of uh, the keyboards that the dad were using. I forgot if it was. I Vince's. thought it was No, it was part. Was it Brent's? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he owns yeah. it. Oh, rad! That's <laughs> so awesome. Pretty rad, yeah. That's awesome. Well, listen, Danny, man, I'm gonna let you go have some fun with the. the yeah, well, boys we'll and we'd girls love to get them. you in and maybe even a little bit more. Okay, well, but, thanks, uh, thanks for having me, you, and really, really yeah. fun to have you. Always good yeah. to see you guys. Yeah, yeah you too. And thanks for the support, and uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you are uh, you're part of this legacy that's going on up there on the stage tonight, and you're part of the Marin Music legacy, and that's yeah. fucking awesome. So, well, thanks, yeah. man. Well, I, you know, I love this music. I love the Grateful Dead. It's like, you know, my first show was '77 Winterland. I was gonna ask teenager, you that. You know, I was gonna ask you. When first I went. time I first one time I went, you know, I listened to the records and I, and I was totally straight, you know. Right. I go, and I go, this is really, this is really cool. This is really good. And I'd listen to the records at, at my buddy's right. house, like we were fifteen, and we'd listen to Warf Rat. And, yeah. And and we and, and we started getting stoned back then, but but we would like, I don't know if we were, drinking started probably at some point, but right, right. I remember drinking yeah. milk and having graham crackers <laughs> and listening to Warf Rat. <laughs> Okay, and wait a so, minute. That is a that's a so first. every time I hear that there's a chord in Wharf Rat, it's called a it's a it's a sus two chord. They take the third of the chord and you, you make it the two. Yeah. You know, it's a yeah. it's a A sus two. And that chord, every time I hear a sus two chord, it reminds me of graham crackers. So, you have to go get some so I call that the graham cracker chord. Graham cracker chord. <laughs> yeah. And now every time I hear Warfred, I'm going to think about I it. I shit. Yeah, yeah. That's the first time I ever heard and then, all these stories, but that's a first. And then, and then the second Dead show was that same week, 77 Winterland, like t- two days later, and I smoked weed. And Whole different. And this whole world opened up, and I was like seeing dinosaurs and time traveling, and I go... There's a lot of something's going on here, man. And it was just weed. It wasn't like acid, you know. That's so, are you I'm like, are you, you know, sure? Because it's '77. And I we just got to give you know it's great having these guitars, you know. And I just, you know, I mean, it just, I, just, I just got he just had a birthday. I just have so much love and respect for Jerry Garcia, like so many of us do. But like, what not like so talented? What a soulful dude! What a soulful dude! You know, seems to me without hardly any ego. I don't get ego from that no. guy, and just no. like so so much heart and yeah. and soul and. And I think he's a, a like, what a killer, not just, of course, an amazing guitar player, mm. what a great singer that dude is, like, yeah. underrated singer, totally. like, he's a great singer, that guy's a great singer. You just feel it. Great you just, singer. It's just, <laughs> you just I love that. feeling I love it. it all the time. I, I was, fun. we were talking to Zach earlier, yeah. uh, and he was, you know, we are telling him, hey, you're a great singer, and he, <laughs> he goes, you know, I'm supposed to be a guitar player, I said, sorry, dude, you're a great singer, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah Zach's yeah. awesome. And uh, that was true of Jerry, <laughs> no, yeah. 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 just the sweet, melodic tones. I, I used to uh, man, I, I remember at Winterland. When Did you meet was, him? I never met Jerry. Nope, uh, nope. I never met Jerry. I've, 
But, but I think we all feel like we did at some point, right? Just to, just to I the just, music. I feel, and to... I feel like I mean, I, I'll, don't tell don't tell anybody on the okay. podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll be at home. I'll talk to him out loud. Yeah, you know? I'll say, I've Jerry, help me figure this right. music thing out or whatever. And and uh, uh, but I love his language. I love like you hear his playing. You know what? I, I just love. There's I feel like it doesn't get talked enough. You hear his. But there's so much bebop language in yeah. Garcia's playing, yeah. like Charlie Parker kind of vibe. Yeah. Right. You know his his. You know, he's so yeah. much bebop, and I just love that language, and I love the way he uses it. Yeah. And it just... We've just, been listening to the... Um, well, before Skull and Roses, we were listening to the Dennis McNally book yeah. on audio. Like, we yeah. were just like, And, you know, just... He, go, he was talking all about just the music that he got into and how he was so intense about learning all the different genres, you know, blues. Yeah. And, and he was just a maniac when it came to that. And I so, can't... I can't... Yeah, I got... Um, I think I should probably get yeah. because yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we're gonna. I'm yeah, starting the second set out. You might want to oh, go are? now. Yeah. You're okay. out. Okay. <laughs> okay, that was a hilarious story. Let's face it. I mean the whole <laughs> the whole thing with uh, uh, graham crackers and milk. Danny's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, he's so funny, and you know he's just so funny about don't tell anybody. I love the way he does that. So we thought we would end this episode with our previous interview that we did, uh, as I mentioned earlier with uh, Johnny Mojo. So let's hear Johnny Mojo after he played Alligator at Sweetwater with Keystone Revisited. Talk to us, Hey, now, chick, chick. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Oh, man. Hey, I use the same mic. Jo- uh, yeah, look at that. Should we turn that one down, I think? Huh? All right. Over here to me. Yeah, there we go. That's off. Okay, Johnny Molo. Woo! Mojo. Mojo. Oh, my God, yes. Give me some mojo. A funny thing, though, is, yeah, is John Molo, of, he's, yeah, he I'm, said that when he was younger, he used to go by Johnny Mojo. Okay, well, you are Johnny Mojo, and that's it. <laughs> I know him, too, and which Gallagher. is why I said his name. I've probably been with He's my room. favorite drummer, so hey. Yeah, that's, oh. a, that's your favorite drummer, too, actually. It is. Well, we had a long t- chat during the election, because he looks like Carville. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he looks like the you know Clinton, the Carville, you know. I don't know. He, yeah, whatever, whatever. That We're was, not that, get that was a while back, but it was right with now. a Chris Robinson band. I remember. Yeah. That. Oh yeah, yeah, That's right. He plays with them a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so here's what was happening, Johnny. Before you came on tonight, uh, we sat down with uh, Andy Logan for a long time, and we actually visited his guitar collection two days ago because nice. we've been stalking him. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> very stalking. And um, of all his collection, there's no doubt. I think that Alligator is probably the more most prominent. Uh, of his acquisitions, and we've been talking about what it's like, and, and, you know, what it's like to go on stage uh, playing that instrument. Does it do something to you? And this is the at least the second time you've done it. Is that right? This is the second time I've All gotten right. to play. All right, so let's go with the first time. When was that, and how did it feel? That must have been three or four months ago with Keystone Revisited, right here at Sweetwater. Oh, okay, I was looking forward to it so much. I played a gig in Berkeley the night before. My amp took a tumble off the back of my Subaru. Oh, no. It bashed in the standby switch, rendering it useless. <laughs> For that particular day, I fixed it on the Monday. But Wow. So anyway, I had to use my backup amp, and, uh, and it, it did okay, but... I you're, was really happy to be able to bring in my fat Jimmy tonight. I was going to say, you're probably a little distracted that night, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. It's like, yeah. it, it was okay into a certain volume, and then it didn't quite cut it, because Alligator is a beast. Yeah. Is it? Like, yeah. That is a, it's a strong guitar. It's pushing a, pushing a lot are through you, those Are pickups. you getting some uh, some vibe from it when you're up there playing? Do you, do you feel oh, that? No doubt. I mean, it almost gives me the chills. It does, right? Yeah. And, it, and there's tones. You like You hit that one note, and you're like, ah. Oh. 
Explain the tones to to us. You know, what, when you hit, when you talk about certain tones with these appear like period specific tones, they talk about totally. Well, I mean, they used uh, they used alligator. Jerry used it for Europe seventy two, so that's right. like pretty monumental. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. And a lot of people's favorite album, yeah. and yes. so just very Love signature yeah. tones. And I don't know. I guess what you'd say is like a Stratocaster is kind of a spanky instrument a guitar you know yeah. it's got that you can get that uh, i always think of guitars like i think of like a les paul or something like that it's like a broadsword you know it's like st- strong and big but but like stratocasters are like these fencing like right they're swift <laughs> oh, wow. and nimble right and they're almost kind of very swiss army knife kind of guitars that can right. cover and a you lot can of be ground nimble. that's a you really feel... interesting like but you, i love that but analogy. you can't get that bright you know real kind of yeah you know bright Spanky kind of tone nimble, out of a nimble too, or no? A <laughs> little bit nimble, little, little yeah, nimble. fancy on your feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us about um, how you met Andy and got involved uh, with him, and or how you guys met each other. I think I met Andy through Terrapin Crossroads. Okay, oh, yeah. and you know I was lucky enough to be one of the guys that was in the rotation. Yeah. Uh, playing you know, playing in the bar. We with saw the, with you play many and, times. I think. Yes, we did. <laughs> and he he brought out. Uh, I think he brought out some like uh, reissue kind of. You know, hey, guitars that was like this kind of like this guitar. He brought out one of guitars that was made for Jerry, I think, but never got into. That's right. He did. He it was made for him by uh, was it Cripe, and uh, yeah, he passed away yeah. before he could actually right, buy right. it. Which he told us tonight. He said it was kind of weirdly lucky because he never would have owned it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. at this point. <laughs> so uh, and then one or, day, uh, uh, one day we're at KPFA in Berkeley, and I, my band Achilles Wheel, uh, we were there doing doing something a dead to the world or maybe it was a fundraiser or something they were doing and and so we were in one room playing we did like the acoustic band thing and and uh in between that in the other room i think was uh the guitar maker that made alligator i believe and yeah. and wow. he had the acoustic guitar and i remember going in there while they were interviewing and like andy's like can you hand me that <laughs> and i got to pick up alligator and hand it over and that was like my first experience with alligator and i just remember it being so light yeah you know and i was filming this and then and with my camera and oh and he were? asked me to hand it over and and you know and i end up like covering the camera as i'm handing it over and i kind of <laughs> missed the moment but oh my god <laughs> but yeah. just being able to hold it yeah. was was like yeah it's but light and weight but heavy in history no right? doubt yeah <laughs> right? you say yeah you know you, you mentioned terrapin if we were great Terrapin uh, regulars um, for that wonderful 11, 12 years or whatever oh, it was. Yes. I mean, um, miss it a lot, but happy it was there, right? Um, but no we doubt. talk a lot about uh, the Marin music scene. Uh, what? Uh, how involved were you at Terrapin? What's your other Marin music experiences? Like Achilles Wheel, where are you based right. out of? I love well, that name. Yeah, I'm lucky to, to uh, have kind of been able to to break my way into the to the Marin music scene because uh, I was living in Placerville right. in the foothills. Uh-huh. And so, but I was traveling out to the Bay and Sonoma quite a bit to play, about half and half. And uh, and then, yeah, was Achilles Wheel played the Great Room a few times. Okay. And then, and then uh, Craig MacArthur was like, hey, you want to do some of these here? Beautiful. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, which got me tied in, which has actually got me, you know, like Back playing the- playing now, like uh, Danny Loring, drummer. Yes. Uh, wow. Doing a Wednesday thing at the paper mill. Oh, yes. And we've been to some, some of those yeah. paper mills. <laughs> yeah. We like those. So that's wow. where I met him. And so that's got okay. me in the rotation with that and oh, some cool. of just the other guys. And, you know, it's not, e- and it's an, in a weird way and not even a mean way, but it's not easy to break into the Marin oh. music scene. You know, we interviewed um, a fellow the other night who, sa- who really told me that. He just said, 
um, I got to tell you, it was tough getting in, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, I really never thought of that, but yeah. I guess just by natural instincts, that's kind of the way it is. And there's such great musicians that are just, there's so that many. are just here like, oh, on a random night, you got yeah. Barry Celeste here okay. just at this little bar, oh, yeah. and he's, you know, it's like... <laughs> These, Wait, are just, yeah. these are just the regulars. He's Mark everywhere. Barry is yeah. everywhere. We seem well, to. How do you guys think he's cloned or something? Tammy and I seem to <laughs> I run into him everywhere. Yeah. You know? But of course, we live around here too. He lives in Fairfax. Right. We see him at the restaurants and, of course, all these places. He is everywhere. No doubt. Right? No, we went to the movies <laughs> and saw him there and, the, you know, <laughs> Willie yeah. Nelson's thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, but that was Eric McCann. So, I just remembered his name. Right. He was the, uh, the bass player. And. He breaks in, however it is, into the Marin scene, just meaning people invited him to come in and play, and all of a sudden, Bonnie Raitt discovers him. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Santana discovers him. He's playing with Clarence Clemens on a regular basis. But it was really interesting. He said 30 years of playing, and he just retired as a registered nurse. So he, ne- <laughs> with all those famous players, you know, so not easy making it on your own, is it? No I doubt. Mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, so how long have you been uh, you know, existing in the music world? Well, I've been, uh, I mean, you know, it was kind of the same where I was going to do, taking a little bit of school, yeah. working a little bit of job. And then eventually, like, the job was kind of dried up and even, it was working for a drummer at the time. Right, you know, just right. Just <laughs> Yeah. You know, AutoCAD work. No judgment. Yeah. No judgment. <laughs> you know. We've all been there. Uh, Make the money where you can. And, That's right. Uh, and then music was picking up, and so then it kind of gave me the push to just be doing it full time. And yeah. in Placerville, it's like, you know, I lived there for 20 years getting out of Modesto and was able to kind of build up, you wow. know, what I was doing, which I don't think I ever would have been able to do in, in Modesto. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of wineries out there. And, yeah. then, and then I've got, there's like Coloma, the river in the summer, mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of gigs there. And then up to Nevada City and Grass Valley and all that. So it's a nice little, you know, yeah, little it's a great spot area. There, yeah. You know, and then driving out, you know, when you live in the foothills, you don't mind driving a couple of hours right. out to the bay. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a little right. different when it's coming back this way. The other way. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So uh, where are you living now? Now I'm in San Rafael. Okay. Oh, cool. See that? So, yeah. See that? Right See how that happens? <laughs> yeah, and I love it. Yeah. Well, that me, is the heart of it. Let me tell you something uh marin music scene sweetwater um all of this you're part of the legacy brother and you played the alligator tonight Ooh, for the second time it's a big deal and it's an honor. Uh, we just want to make <laughs> sure that's known and and have it recorded here tonight yeah so thank you so much for sitting down after the show by the i way. know you must be exhausted and so um what do you have coming up or what, tell us a little bit about it uh, hitting the ro- well, going back to Placerville tomorrow. Achilles okay. Wheels playing at the Green Room, which uh, okay. social club, mm-hmm. which is on Main Street in Placerville, and okay. some some friends of mine opened it up, and it's existed for a few years now. Oh, yeah. So cool. if you're ever in Placerville, go support well, we probably that place should, because the name of our podcast is Tales from the Green Room. So oh, we better yeah, just yeah, we yeah, better maybe we better there. talk to them, right? No doubt, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> we'll talk after this. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, we're heading to Reno on Saturday, and then. Uh, it just keeps on coming. I got, yeah. we got, I got a really exciting gig. Uh, my buddy Dennis Mill from the Hot Mountain Dips, kind of nice. over in a shaker, but we're doing a show at the Brick and Mortar on the 10th, and that's going to be with Tom Constantin. Very nice. Nice. And so that will be exciting. Wow. It's, it's, uh, yeah. you're, you're, you're rolling. Yeah, yeah you're rolling. we're doing a post-Jerry Jerry yeah. Day show on the 5th yeah. out there. So Hot yeah. Mountain Dips, fun little San Francisco band that, yeah. I, that I've been enjoying playing yeah. with. And Awesome. Well, anybody that, uh, if you miss any of those shows and you can catch Johnny anywhere, do yeah, so with or without that alligator. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Right yeah. Thanks Thank for you. spreading the gospel. You got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks for sitting Thank down with you. us. Yeah. Pleasure. Right. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tales from the Green Room, a presentation of Mount Tam Media. You can hear more spontaneous stories from the secluded confines of green rooms on our next episode. 
To experience all Mount Tam Media productions, including the Woman or Smarter podcast, log on to mounttammedia.com. We'll see you at the next show. <laughs>